What's up? Welcome to episode 86 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and joining me for this pre-Thanksgiving episode is my co-host, Matthew Aguilar. What up? Janelle Wheeler's back with us. Hey, guys. And we've got an additional warm body over there in the cut in Mr. Charlie Ridgely. Yo, what's up? And Charlie's coming on today to help us review the new whodunit film from controversial Last Jedi director Ryan Johnson. So we're going to talk a little bit about Knives Out. But before we get to that, we have a lot of DC stuff to talk about. Uh, A big new article has just come out, just kind of laying out what Warner Brothers is doing with DC Movie Universe. And there's a lot of things in there that we just have been breaking down all morning. So we're going to talk about it all. So if you're a DC fan, you've come to the right episode. But there's also more to talk about besides that, because we got to continue talking about Watchmen. Some game-changing things happen in HBO's Watchmen this week, which is, I guess, still more DC, technically. Yeah. And Matt, as always, has the comics you need to be checking out, especially on this holiday week. You don't want to get in there and like try to hide away from the family and don't have anything good to read. <laughs> so we're going to help you out for when you're in that closet space. I need that, actually. Really yeah, bad. everybody does. Oh, everybody, I talk from experience. I know these things. Um, yeah, I was just in a meeting telling producer Jim Viscardi about why I used to sleep in closets and things. But that's a whole other story. You know, you guys only get origin story. <laughs> you only get origin story in the brush strokes. Like, you move on. So, jumping into something first, though. The Game of Thrones Twitter account. Let's talk about this. So, Game of Thrones is over, the show. Um, we're getting one prequel show in that Targaryen prequel. But uh, Game of Thrones went on Twitter yesterday and threw up some uh, cryptic thing to get some hype going. They just tweeted out, Winter is coming. Like, yeah. <laughs> and fans have been spazzing out about this. I'm not going to talk much about this. We're not going to do a whole segment on this. All I'm going to say is if this is not about old-ass George R.R. R. Martin putting out that sixth book, quit it. Just stop. Like, I mean, people stop are saying lots of different things, right? Yeah, everybody's, everybody's seeing, like, it's like a stain that everybody thinks is people a People are saying stain. that, like, it's the DVD that's it's coming out on DVD, so yeah. that's what they mean. Yeah, Some people are saying it's, it's just the weather, like, actual winter is coming. But to me, like, in Nashville, <laughs> it is already winter here. It's freezing. I kind of wish it was that. I, yeah. I hope it is. I'm, <laughs> so winter, I'm from the East Coast. So maybe they just really month, like Frozen yeah. too. They're really excited about it. Supporting. Yeah, I'm sure there will be an answer to this by the time this episode's up. What I'm just here to say is if this wasn't about the sixth book, like, I just want to go and smack who's over and, like, in charge of the Game <laughs> of Thrones social media account. Like, what are you doing? You know what you're doing. Like, we've been waiting forever for this book. I was, like, a whole different person living an entire different life when I finished the fifth book. Wow. And that was, like, late after the fifth book came out. So When was that? Like, what year was that? Do you remember? Uh, yeah. It was about, like, what, 2014? Wow. There, okay. 2013, 2014. Yeah. So, yeah. that Like I said, whole lifetime ago. I'm just trying to get these last two books so I can be done with this. So if you're not tweeting about that, just stop it, Game of <laughs> Like, stop Man. it. Don't toy with yeah. our emotions. Yeah, and just don't don't try to make yourself relevant like that. Like, just, just it's stop. It's totally going to be about the weather. <laughs> it's yeah, totally about the weather. <laughs> or, the, or the Blu-ray release of one of the most hated on seasons in recent memory. Yeah. So whatever you want to call, whatever you want to stick under the Christmas tree. If you guys have ideas and you want to tell us what you think, 
it's all about, tweet us. We want to yeah, know. I'm I'm going to suspect that they'll What if drop... it's like a new Burger King crossover <laughs> thing, like a burger? <laughs> a cold I, burger? I, I yeah, a cold like burger. Frozen burger. You can cook yeah. it at home. You can. I mean, somebody <laughs> left an impossible burger on the set. Hey, Papa Murphy's know. made a whole business out of it. <laughs> don't, don't give them. Please. <laughs> Just, please, don't give the, you can come pick up a pizza you cook yourself. I don't get thing. it. I don't, I don't get, get it. it either. You know who also did that for me? Tombstone did yeah. that to me. Like for me back in the nineties. I didn't need proper nervous, but we're way off base. I still like now. Tombstone. Like we're way off target. So let's bring it back. <laughs> okay, so that's Game of Thrones and us threatening Game of Thrones. But um uh, let's move to what we're really here to talk about, which is the DC movie universe. Uh what a mess this thing has become. Like, let's not mince words. Um, we're still fighting this crazy uh, Snyder cut thing, and now it's just turned into the most divisive issue in America that I can think of. Um, off the top of my head, at least in yes. geek culture, let's yes, just... at least in the current culture, it is the <laughs> most. True. No, I mean, I mean, all of America. This is turning into the most divisive thing ever. Um, basically, yeah, people are now. It's just, it's like I don't know even know how to qualify this. People are like, it's here. We almost have it. And then there's another set of people who are like, you are dreaming. There yeah. is no movie here. You're delusional. Like, get over it. And then, like, another crowd is like, yeah, it's coming tomorrow. I know it is. But so, didn't, like, isn't there someone that confirmed, like, that it's not going to be coming on HBO Max? There's been people confirming both sides. Okay. So. I feel like this thing has been confirmed, like, nine yeah, times. Yeah, it's been, but each side has been <laughs> but confirmed. Warner was, they're saying that it would cost them too much money. Yeah, we, I mean, we just did a whole segment on this. So go back and listen okay. to our last episode with Janelle, because we did a whole yeah. Snyder Cut discussion about how, is this really finished? It's not. They would have to pump in millions of dollars. Is it coming to HBO Max? All of this. Now we have an industry insider saying, like, eh, that's never happening. It's never going to happen. Yeah, that never that gonna article made my heart sink and, pretty, pretty sad. And again, I was... like, I see it from both sides. I think in the end, I really do think I kind of stumbled onto a good idea when we were talking last time, which is I think they should just do a documentary about what happened wow, to the Snyder yeah. Cut. And then feature like scenes they have that would be things great. that are more complete. That's how you. I mean, what? How else are you going to dump a, a chopped up like unfinished yeah. movie? Right. Just show sequences and scenes that aren't finished. Put them all out on YouTube after that, and like the most polished ones, and like let people just get it in that way. Yeah, yeah that's, that's kind of a compromise victory. That's yeah. great, and that's, that's what they do with Superman Returns. Yeah, Superman Returns. Super like. The Tim Burton Superman. Yeah, well, uh, well, that was one of our industry yeah, fellows like, who sadly was, passed away now. But like that yeah. got a lot. Yeah, of, it did. Exactly. That was the perfect way to do this. Yeah, and so I think they should do it here. So, well, that's the Snyder cut. But um, so this whole variety, this report in Variety, breaking down like what's going on at Warner Brothers now that they have new leadership and like everything's kind of now going into what I would call like DC movies phase two. Like, let's try this again. Really, it's like phase four if you want to count. Yeah. Justice League, Mortal, and all things oh, like in gosh. the late 2000s, and that <laughs> fell apart. Uh, Green Lantern in the early 2010s, and that whole universe it was supposed to launch RP. fell apart. Then the DCEU with Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, that fell apart. So this is really like phase four, or attempt number four, but whatever you want to call it. It's a very positive article. It, it is. Seems, it's very yeah. confident in like forward going. It, there's a lot of funny bits about it if you read it. Like the opening quote is basically saying, well, they basically learned that you can't cheat the Marvel formula. Like this whole, which oh, is wow. funny because That's the last nice podcast thing. I did, there was it, one of the biggest fights we ever got into was whether you could truly build, this was at the time when the MCU and the DCEU were just taking shape. Could you do it any other way besides Marvel? Could you do the reverse? Could you use a Justice League film to introduce a bunch of characters and then spin them out into solo films, which was the plan essentially for most of the characters. 
and, or did you have to kind of do individual character films and earn the right to kind of team them up in a big ensemble? So we had this whole debate, like, yeah, and it got really violent often. Um, I was on the side that you could do a Justice League film first. I'm not too proud to say how wrong I was, <sighs> how stupid I was about thinking that because we saw the disaster that resulted. Though in your defense, they didn't actually really do that. They kind of did this weird mishmash of like, we're going to start – Individual yeah. characters, and then we're going to launch. Like, it, was, it wasn't yeah, that full Yeah, it doesn't mean that it could never theory. happen. Or yeah. It just wasn't done right. In your defense. Yeah, yeah I mean, thank you, guys. That's, that's really <laughs> We got I your back, you. man. That's really supportive. But, uh, Loyalty. Now, um, this article in Variety basically now just says, nah, bro, you got to, like, you got to start. You know, they had their rocky road, but they're getting it, and you got to, you can't cheat the Marvel way. You kind of got to earn all these properties. And so they're looking at the success of, the billion-dollar success of Aquaman, the billion-dollar success of uh, Joker, and that seems to be where we're moving forward. But uh, there's a lot in this article that we want to talk about. First of all, so you can't cheat the Marvel formula. Okay. The other thing we heard is that the studio is looking at J.J. Abrams and Bad Robot, who they – I mean, he won – they won – I think Warner Brothers won that whole bidding war, uh, not Apple TV. So J.J. landed at Warner Brothers, and so they're kind of looking at first look things with him and – uh the word is that they would be interested in him doing a Superman or a Gre- and or a Green Lantern for <laughs> Green yeah. Lantern Corps movie. So should be great. And all the rumors surrounding Superman with castings, that's a little confusing too. But Oh that's yeah, a whole we were gonna story. get into that whole thing. <laughs> but um let's start with the Green Lantern thing. How do you feel, Matt? I know you're a huge Green Lantern fan. Uh that news actually uh, I mean, that was a pleasant surprise. I think, I mean, just look at Abram's recent track record. I mean, I think he's shown a knack for doing sci-fi and, and doing big cosmic stuff and be able to make relatable characters. And, you know, that was one of the first Green Lantern films, which to me, there are still some like shining points in that, even though it was an overall not great movie. Mm. Uh, but like one of the biggest problems with that was relatability and liking those characters and He's shown a knack for being able to deliver. I can that, barely so. even remember that movie. I, I mean, I tried to. I, I, it I have to watch a recap. Or so. I really can't remember anything about it. Reynolds just, Green yeah. Lantern? Yeah. You don't need to watch anything I about that. I can't remember it. You do not need to put yourself but, through I know I was, watched it, but it has just left my and brain. Just look at it, right? It has one of the most relatable people on the planet right. in Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> and somehow they couldn't quite get That's that to crazy. work. So, JJ. I mean, I think that would be a good fit. Superman, like Janelle was saying, is a little bit of a different beast. Uh, but Green Lantern, I feel very good about that. But they're also mentioning that Greg Berlanti I mean, could also worse. be part of that. That one, you know, I kind of have remained to be seen because he's working on the show, the Green Lantern show. Yeah. And they're thinking, well, maybe he could work his way into the movie. That one I'm mm. a little more cautious about. As you should about. be. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But Abrams, I'm I'm good. Wasn't Berlanti involved in the Ryan Reynolds one? I mean, there were so many people involved in that movie, <laughs> but a lot of them were only, you know, kind of like producer. I mean, really, Jeff Johns was involved in the first Green Lantern movie, and he's Shh, writing the script for the new one. <laughs> so, I mean, but again, you know, I, ha- I hope that that was more a the cooks couldn't agree in the kitchen thing, right. because Johns is also responsible for some of the best Green Lantern stuff in book form. So I'm hoping that shines through in the movie. And- yeah, basically the Arrowverse guys, Berlanti, Guggenheim, they wrote the story and script for Green Lantern. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So John's is doing the script now. And I mean, his stuff, I mean. Yeah, he's big- a guy who reinvented yeah. Green Lantern for the 21st century. So I so mean, if, they if can not get- him, who? Exactly, right? So if yeah. not now, when? If I'm not positive. JJ, 
what? <laughs> no, I was kidding. That was great. But was like, yeah, I mean, I have faith in that that JJ can make a suitable, like at yeah. least lukewarm, crowd pleasing Green Lantern movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he's a studio guy. He kind of handles that stuff and he doesn't really put up failures. They're not like revolutionary successes, but they're not exactly. failures. So right now, Green Lantern doing something competent would be good. The bar is low. Yeah. The bar the is bar. very yeah, low. That's... As long as Parallax is yeah. not a weird cloud with a face or things like that. Like, yeah. And keep Hector Hammond keep far, Hector Hammond way far away. In, <laughs> what's his name? Who's usually such a good actor. My God. Oh, yeah. Peter, anyway. Peter, what's his name? Skarsgård or? Yeah. Yeah. Last guy's guard or what is it? Anyway, anyway, yeah. Let's not talk about Green Lantern. That's one of the most painful things. I got death threats over that review. Stop. Death threats. Men really? love them. Yes, because I was one of the first the people like, that reviews. loved the movie, or just no, they loved just weren't the character. They seen and, it. it was opening okay. day, and they weren't ready to accept that this thing it they had waited. Great. That it was okay. That it was. A, I mean. My first line was Green Lantern is a failure of epic proportions. Oh my <laughs> god! Second sentence was I yes. say this as a big fan of the property. Uh, yeah. You can expect honesty yeah. here, ladies and gents. I don't think a lot of people got past that first line. Probably not. The death no. threat started right after. Not that. if you're like, if you're yeah. sending death threats over a movie. No, you're all rational. Whatever is out the window. So no <laughs> way they got. Yeah, past I had to that ditch my line. phone and go to a bar that Friday night. Oh, oh just like, Yeah. Good. <laughs> it was New York City. It was all good. Anyway, moving right along to what else? So Green Lantern, JJ. I mean, that's perfectly. That's like. An acceptable thing in a lot yeah. of DC movie projects we've had announced. That's a point you can actually just go, okay. Well, yeah. Full. All right. Yeah. I don't hate that. All it's right. like when Brolin was announced for Cable. I went, I, no, no, yeah. no, that's good. I don't know so much about a J.J. Superman film. I'm not nearly as yeah. confident as that in that as I am. Like, letting him play weird sci-fi with, with uh, Green Lantern is fine. I don't know what he'll do Fitting. with Superman. Yeah, like, the Superman. Yeah. I don't know. I... Superman has gone in such a weird direction in general. Like, I always thought of him as this bright and colorful, like, happy hero. I don't know why. And then the way that it had been, it, I guess the way the movies, the most recent movies have portrayed him, I kind of, like, fell in love with that. Like, I like it, but I like the dark. I like dark stuff. We already know this, um, which is why I'm a huge fan of what, of um, Watchmen. But I don't know what the – I don't know – I don't think anybody does. And as I've said many times in many pieces of writing, I don't know if America can heal until we figure out what to do with Superman. <laughs> we really need to figure this Look out. Look at the timeline. <laughs> We've lost track of Superman. Oh we lost track of the country. Everything kind of got <laughs> messed up so I have at a the question. same time. Would so. you feel better if they announce at some point that, like, J.J. gets Superman, Cavill's in the role, though? That would make me feel better. Because I feel like at this point, Cavill has learned enough to kind of also be able to contribute to that process and yeah i would kind of trust sure. that if you tell me jj's casting a new superman like i'm out like scott speedman's superman or whatever like i'm just out like yeah i, I really i'm open i'm honestly open to anything i just want it to happen i just i say this all the time i just want more content you can't stop providing us with stuff just keep bringing us new content i mean sometimes we're gonna love it sometimes we're gonna hate it but at least you're putting something out there into the world i just want to consume as much as i can no, Wheeler, would you like a job at warner brothers yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I know a division that could use that kind of mentality <laughs> complete with this stuff and get it out like, yeah get that nightwing film off the ground yeah, yeah. Let's stop saying we're gonna do this get it out the door i Best agree i think that's a big <laughs> problem yeah r.i.p to all those oof so, okay, so we're, well, cool, even with with the Flash. we're cool with J.J. on yeah. Relander. We're waiting for that to happen. The what? The Flash. Flash. Okay, let's talk about La Flash. Yeah. Uh, so we found out another thing. We're going to jump to that. La Flash is coming, but 
they're not getting that in front of the cameras till 2021. That's Why? Exactly my point. Because we got to wait for another Fantastic Beasts. Okay, uh. but I'm not going to hate on that because I am obsessed with Harry Potter. And <laughs> that's I, cool. That's cool. cool I love cool. Fantastic. I'm going to hate on it for Her- sure. Harry Potter. We just got done with the lowest earning and worst reviewed Harry Potter of movie of all time. Which was it? I really? didn't think it was yeah, that Crimes bad. Yeah, Crimes of Grindelwald, lowest earning. Worst reviewed Harry Potter. I liked it better than the first one. Fantastic Beasts. I don't know why. (laughs) Take note. uh, Ad for glass door or glass ceiling. um, Podcast needs host. (laughs) Preferably blonde. (laughs) Glass ceiling is a real website, isn't it? Glass door. You had it right the first Uh, time. Glass door, glass ceiling. I I haven't been at without a job in a long time. (laughs) And I haven't had to submit a resume. You know, I get recruited. I don't know. I don't know. I what guess, it's, it's a true people still fan use Monster.com? Is that still a thing? I don't know. But anyway, moving right along from me to, uh, yeah. So we're not going to get our Flash because the next Yeah, I mean, Ezra Miller film. is the star of the Flash. He has to shoot the third Fantastic Beast, which now, I mean, after the spoiler alert on one of the worst Harry Potter movies ever, Turns out he's like Dumbledore's long lost brother, which mm-hmm. is a pretty big role in that franchise. Yeah. So he's got to come back and they got to do at least one more because you can't just leave fans with that. I mean, the second movie ends on a major cliffhanger like that. I love um, all of the actors in the movies. And I, I guess maybe just because I'm a diehard fan, like I just want, again, more content. I want more movies from Harry Potter, that whole franchise, everything. So have you finished the last book yet? Uh, no. You're I'm not a diehard. No, yet. I'm. You got to finish the last book. I'm only on book four. Okay. I'm halfway through book four, and I'm just loving can't life. Have, you can't call yourself a diehard until you've seen the actual people who die hard. Well, I mean, I've seen all books. the movies. Spoilers. But <laughs> I've seen all the movies, and I've been to the parks more than I want to admit. So I still haven't been to the park. Anyway. I've been there yeah, like I 10 mean, that, is, that is kind of a thing. Like, yeah, I haven't been to Harry Potter or Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Like, <gasps> yeah. Man, what? now we're just lamenting our own personal vacations. Oh, my gosh. You're a Florida girl. I like, know, yeah. You just like I go, like lived in the park. Get out of bed at we, your house. You like hop the fence. No, You're so like, all we'd right, get Harry out Potter, of school. Here we go. We'd get out of school at like noon on Wednesdays and be like, "So, you guys want to go ride some roller coasters? All right, let's go to the park." Totally relatable. We all life. had yes. <laughs> that was just what we did living in Orlando. I, I understand. Yeah. I used to go to City Park or whatever yeah. all the time because it was right next door. We'd either yeah. drive to the beach one way. It was or like a six month park, window. So. I, I lived there. in Pennsylvania. We just tried to. <laughs> you read comics. Found places in the woods that cops could not read. Hidden closets. Got kegs. Like that's what we did. Wow. Like, like literally, that's what we did. Oh, but anyway, gosh. so Flash. So Flash. <laughs> yeah. So Flash isn't coming until yeah. 2021. Um, and as I wrote in the article when we kind of broke this down, it's going to be really interesting to see what the. DC movie universe is even is by then. Right. That's after Batman. That's after Wonder Woman 2. That's after Do we after have a script Suicide or anything? Squad. Is anything? Like, yeah, who's even directing Do this we know thing? anything about it? Okay. Okay, it is. It's hard to keep track of, so <laughs> I will is. help you. So directing it, they tapped. I mean, the 18th director they've tapped for Flash <laughs> is Andy Muschietti, the guy who did oh, it, Chapter right. 1 and Chapter 2. Okay. So he's directing the Flash. Um, Christina Hodson, who's like hot up and coming writer, she wrote Transformers Bumblebee. Right. She's the one, she's writing the script. Okay. So there is a team in place. Miller, Ezra Miller, director, writer, all in place. So it, I mean, the train is moving forward. Yeah. Great. This is not like one of those. This is good news. Things. I liked they, him as Flash. Yeah, I mean, yeah. a lot of people did. That's yeah. why they're holding on to him. And it seemed like because they got the director and writer in place that it was going to actually happen sooner. Yeah. But Fantastic Beasts, which is also a WB movie, so they, they got to make room right. in their own studio. But uh, 
that leads to the next thing, because Christina Hudson is also doing another DC movie script. She's also working, as we found out in this report, it's confirmed, she's working on the script for Batgirl. So there is an actual Batgirl script, and it's being written by a lady and not Josh Whedon, which is good. Music to a lot of fans' ears, I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Refreshing. Um, We don't have anyone in the role for that. that, um, So Flash will go in production in 2021. Aquaman 2 is also gearing up for production. We knew that, though. Very exciting. Um, Yeah, you don't rest on that billion-dollar earning. You get back out there with Momoa and do that. So Aquaman 2, and we've heard some stories about what that could be about. Uh, his team was rumored. What was that? Like Old Atlantean? I forget um, oh, my God. They have a weird name. The, uh, oh, my God. What is their name? Oh, my God. Well, comic guy. You it's got blowing my, I wrote a whole article on each <laughs> member, and I cannot remember the name right now. Um, so essentially, yeah, there's a team of other uh, godlike characters that they could very much introduce and they're all pretty cool are they underwater because they're guarding various artifacts like around atlantis so it's like a nice little national national leader of the team and so it's the characters themselves there's some really interesting ones um but yeah to i cannot for the life of me remember their name what is the trench (laughs) thing that's going on what is that the trench is the spinoff of in the original aquaman that one sequence where they're like those creatures that are like storming the boat. Is this going to be a? It's this a movie? is a spinoff of just focusing on them. Wow! And like how they came to be, I would imagine. Yeah, because this is confirmed. When Atlantis sank, the different yeah. where okay. different portions of it sank affected the people differently, and they evolved differently. Oh, so like wow. Aquaman section is more humanoid, where like the merman or whatever the fish king or whatever the hell his name was, Jaimon Hanzu, like they were mer people, and then the trench fell so deep into this dark recess of the ocean that they became these kind of scavenging Whoa. hungry monsters like that we see really so cool. this would be kind of a tragic shakespearean type deal story about it's basically pompeii underwater like yeah. you're saying a horror genre well it kind of, of like leads up to that. it would be about kind of when they sink and how they start to kind of devolve wow. into these monsters. That's actually really interesting to, to me. I'm looking forward yeah. to and that. Their name, Aquaman's team, my friend, they're just called the others. The okay, I, I was like, are they kind of like, what is the name? And it's like some, like I thought some your, complicated your name. I would be so bummed yeah. to be in that others. team. Yeah, okay, all right. Like, it's literally it's Aquaman no and Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the Aquaman franchise is looking Feel good. Better. So we're, we're still on that over here. But, um, yeah, Suicide Squad, the next thing was uh, Suicide Squad is kind of confirmed to be rated R, which... You know, anybody, there's already been, like, set visits for that film and stuff, and anybody who came back from the set visits, they can't say anything, they're under embargo, but, uh, yeah, it's been pretty clear this is probably going for a very hard R rating. Good. And if you know anything about James Gunn's movies, besides Guardians of the Galaxy, like, that should be no surprise. Yeah. Um, If he can squeak one out, he's going to definitely get that And it should R be no rating. surprise for that, that team. Yeah. That team should have been R. R from the very beginning. Yeah, should have yeah. been R from the beginning. Yeah, yeah we should have been seeing heads explode all over the place. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I don't usually kind of campaign for that kind of thing, heads exploding. But in this case, we need to just, see that. Yeah, it just made so much sense for the property. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that's good. I mean, there we're going to – and again, I think Suicide Squad is the perfect case of highlighting this kind of Schrodinger's cat situation we have, like, at Warner Brothers and DC Films. Like, the cat's both alive and dead in the box, you know, right now. Because, yeah, we are starting something – Suicide Squad, this movie, we're starting something new. But not quite. but not quite. It's still connected <laughs> to the DCEU. 
See also Flash, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, and if we ever get a Superman thing and how they're going to deal with this Batman stuff, I don't know. I know we get into conversations all the time about like uh, Marvel and Venom and doing this like, you know, just kind of ignoring something out of the corner of your eye and just kind of going right past it. Like, yeah, yeah it's a, we're just, we're just going to keep trucking. And I feel like DC is making like an entire film slate yeah. plan out of that. Just, I sometimes just keep feel like drunken. they put too many characters in their movies. Like my biggest qualm with Suicide Squad, the other one, the first one, was that I just there was too many characters. I couldn't like fall for it. I didn't like any of them. I didn't really know any of their stories. I had no character development. Like it was just bouncing around from story to story. And really, Will Will Smith's character is the only one that I was like, oh, he actually has a daughter. Like. And I, I don't like that. So that worries me with films like Aquaman, with the others, with his whole team, because yeah. you're now introducing more people. Birds of Prey. Like, all, there's just so many characters. I wish that they would give us more backstory the way that Marvel has in so many of their films. And I don't know. I just, as someone who doesn't consume the comics, I don't have their stories. I don't know yeah. them. And I want to get to know these people and kind of, like, love them, like family, you know, be on their side. I want to root for them. I think you, I mean, that's a good point because I think you are exactly the kind of consumer they are trying to aim for now. Mm -hmm. Um, Less of the kind of hardcore geek crowd who turns on them after every (laughs) film decision and movie they've made and more like towards the kind of general mainstream audience like yourself, somebody who's not necessarily into the comics, which is what they've kind of done with the standalone approach. Like this is what they've done with Aquaman. Yeah. Giving you so you can know that character, know his world and story, or Joker, where you can kind yes, of get in and know exactly. that. Um, it's something they did for the first time, a really great actual just standard origin story for Wonder Woman, Love. kind of getting you to yep. know her and do that. So I think they've realized that that is the key. Like, that's the problem. They kept trying to jump into these events, mm-hmm. like Batman versus Superman was an event. Yeah. Um, but, well, but even with this that, new Batman really. film, I'm like, yeah. gosh, that's a lot of people that are on this Yeah, and exactly. Cast. Like, even, I mean, you... Ben Affleck needed like a whole film to himself. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, and you saw what happened when they did Batman v Superman and then tried to do that. Like yeah. it all just came off the rails. Right. Like, yeah, he needed a whole film to introduce his world of Gotham, do that whole thing. Why is he Bruiser Batman? Why is he so angry? Why is he so violent? Yeah. Then you can meet Because it's two. never just one character you're introducing. Like you said, yeah. you're introducing a world. So it's Alfred. It's all the possibilities yeah. of Robins. It's villains. Like each character comes with their own backlog of stuff that you have to get to. And Marvel did this really well. They would introduce like one central character, mm-hmm. get their supporting cast, and then like one other person in yeah. every movie. Yeah. And by the fifth or sixth movie, then you're like, oh, I yeah. kind of know who that is and whatever. And, and you know, DC just And you start needs to fall to for these like companion characters. Like it's not even just about the hero anymore. Yeah. It's also about their companions. I'm talking about Doctor Who clearly. Like I'm not saying co-star, I'm saying companion. <laughs> so what is wrong with me? But But then it's yeah, organic it when is. you push them into the spotlight. And that yeah. ironically, that's what DC actually does better a lot of times in the comics wow. is legacy and oh they cannot get that in the movies. So. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. So Janelle, you nail a great point. And I think they are going to start spinning that around. Like we're, like I said, we're going to get more, much deeper character-focused stories. So you actually fall in love with one character, and then I'm excited you about that. have the incentive to go meet another one. Don't be fooled by Suicide Squad. James Gunn's going to murder up insane <laughs> amount of that yeah. cast. Like most of those people are going to be around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to have to remember them. He's okay. Like, and don't be surprised. When he's like, yeah, don't get too attached to a lot of them. You okay, good to know. But um, so the Batman is still going into production. That's still good. Um, that's kind of like I think they're hanging a lot of hopes on that. 
how we explain afterwards what goes on with that Batman versus Ben Affleck's Batman, Superman, any new Superman versus Superman. I mean, that's the next hurdle, really big one. Um, you can't drive past that one, unfortunately, and just mm. put horse blinders on. I mean, I mean, you could try to do a Rhodey and Iron Man two type deal. Do you think they're going to address it though? Like, do or do you think they're going to make the Flash movie that get out of jail free card? I I've always been a big proponent of doing that. Flash is a character who can mess with the timeline. Have an entire Flash movie where he goes on a journey, but when he comes back, it's all different. It's all different. Like, so. I mean, that is the yeah. easiest brilliant. way yeah. to do it. Yeah. Whether like, they will or not. He kicks off the Age of Heroes a lot earlier. Batman's yeah. now practicing, like you know, whatever. Or like Batman started later. Whatever it is, mm-hmm. just. Flash did it. The end. <laughs> like, yeah. Use your get out. Hashtag blame Flash. Card. Um, yeah, but we can't <laughs> discount, like, this upcoming year. They also have Birds of Prey and um, Wonder Woman 1984. Birds of Prey seems like the test screenings are coming back. They did reshoots with, um, what's his name, from John Wick. Uh, was it Stahelski or uh, the other guy? Stahelski, right? Yeah, I think. Yeah, Charlie's nodding. It's Stahelski. So Chad Stahelski, John Wick co-director, came in and helped them to kind of redo research for Birds of Prey and add more action. Seems to be testing well. We'll see. That comes out early next year. And Hodson wrote Birds of Prey, right? Yeah, she also wrote okay. Birds of Prey. Yeah. So, yeah, she is like DC's go-to like yeah. right now. Um, so, God, I got hopes for that. I'm more interested now that I've learned that it's actually a Har- – it's basically Usual Suspects with Harley Quinn. Yeah. Like it's her telling the story mm. um, from her point of view. Is, oh. is the narrator of the movie. Whoa. Yeah, so like all that stuff in the that. trailer is actually her. It's just her. You have to be really happy with the Mr. J. Yeah. Wow. That's a really good Harley. <laughs> Janelle, breaking out the Harley impression. That was really good. All right. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, I think this movie could have a lot more fun than we think with like unreliable narrator stuff or yeah. like sequences that we get that like reverse and they're like, well, that doesn't happen that way. Like, or Harley, that, like, that one scene it. alone where she tosses dynamite out of the truck is mm-hmm. like a comic come to life. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, if it's I can get more of that. Cool. And I think that's going to be a lot of fun like yeah. that. So I'm, I got high hopes for Birds of Prey now. I was not until I kind of read more about, you know, the angle they're actually taking. Yeah. Cool. Um, and Wonder Woman 1984, we haven't seen a thing from that Ugh, yet. I'm, I, I'm sure by Christmas something. time, hopefully. I hope so. We get something like around Star Wars time around, like, I don't know. I haven't yeah. heard a peep, but there's a lot online. And I mean, it's, the marketing has been great. It's just like Gabbo from The Simpsons. They the just last... show you bright colors in Gal Gadot, and they're like, <sighs> "Wonder Woman is 1984." Well, yeah. and the last footage they showed was not this Comic Con; it was last Comic Con when they oh, actually wow. showed it. It was yeah. like the briefest thing. It had of just footage. started like filming. Yeah, yeah, of oh, her gosh. like throwing the lasso and like knocking people down the mall and a bunch of stuff. But like, yeah, we haven't seen anything about that. So yeah, and, um, but I'm still holding out hope. Just yeah. hope she has big hair. Just. Really big 80s hair. <laughs> I will be happy if I hope we get, you get that. What you want from that? This soundtrack <laughs> better be awesome. Oh, it's gonna be, no... it's gonna be amazing. Yeah, you can't be putting out 1984 yeah. and not nail. Like, I better get and some. We Duran, need some take Duran. on me. I better like, yeah. Yeah. Be like playing Vice City all over. Yes. Yeah, man. Like, we need that. So Wonder Woman, don't count her out. That's happening. But it looks like all in all. DC is turning around. There's actually more that we're talking about that we're excited for than mm-hmm. like we're complaining about, which is a rare thing for this franchise. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we need to figure out. Somebody's got to straighten out this Batman Superman situation. I yeah. need Superman in my just, life. Just make another Batman Superman movie. Like, 
make a Batman Superman Public Enemies movie or something like that. Just, yeah. Republic Enemies. just give us another one to pave over the memory, <laughs> pave over the memory of that Enemies. old one. But no. Um, <laughs> all right, so that's DC. If you guys have any questions about anything we're talking about or you want to add to the conversation, hit us up at the hashtag Comic Book Nation. When we return, we are going to like unpack Watchmen, the latest Watchmen. We're going to review Knives Out, and Matt is going to hit us off with the new comics of the week. So stay tuned. All right, so real quick, let's just go through uh, Watchmen. So this Watchmen uh, latest episode, I think it's six, episode six, yes. Uh, it was called an extraordinary. There's only three beating. episodes left, right? Uh, I haven't checked. I think there's actually. only three. I've been three scared to look at how many there are. Oh, I'm so bummed. It's like the uh, end is you nine. Think it's like an even ten. I, I would assume it's. <laughs> like I don't. I don't want it to end. Oh, I see I'm, what you did there. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I see what you did there. I, that was good. Sometimes well the blonde is not like showing, and I'm actually kind of clever, dude. You I say on. some. Stupid things. Sometimes I listen back to the podcast, and I'm like, "Did uh, I really say to the that?" First episode of the podcast. I say stupid things all the time. Oh, thank yeah, God. my wife. I say stupid. Caveat. <laughs> Remember that one, guys? Caveat. Yeah, I love that. Nine episodes. So, oh man, yeah, we only got three left. Okay. So that's crazy. That's depressing. Now I don't feel like podcasting in the middle of this podcast. I'm almost out of Watchmen. I, I'm oh. so about like this show started off like I already loved it. I was really into it. Watched the movie. Three episodes in, then watched the movie, rewatched all the episodes that I had originally watched so that I could kind of like oh. grasp all those little hidden things that I hadn't picked up. And then just fell even harder because we started getting backstory, which I just told you I love. So we got the backstory on Glass, and now we're getting the backstory. Um, uh, Hooded Justice. Yeah. Yeah. Which, well, and yeah, it's amazing. Oh, God. Yeah. So I mean, good. a lot of sketches of other things. This episode. Just said is a basically a flashback episode. Um, Regina King's character Angela, she Sister Knight, she takes nostalgia that Adrian Vidite ad that was in the original Watchmen all mm-hmm. the time um, that lets you kind of relive memories, and she takes it of her grandfather, who turns out to be Hooded Justice, the boy from the beginning of the series who escaped the Oklahoma massacre and was orphaned, and grows up to kind of become the first black cop in Tulsa, and he sees this injustice. There's this Ku Klux Klan that is kind of running the town and has a secret organization called Cyclops. And he kind of becomes aware of this and it leads to him almost getting lynched when he tries to arrest like a white kind of organized criminal guy who runs the town. And that's when he kind of snaps and is walking home from almost being lynched. He sees a couple getting robbed and he just throws the hood on that his lynching hood and like beats he them down. He still has the rope yeah, around the rope his around neck. Yeah, rope around his neck. And then like he beats him down and then he becomes hood of justice. Wow. But and on his wrist. his wife, who was actually weirdly in this, the whole love life aspect of this is really strange. I'm confused, yeah. Um, but his wife is the baby he found when he woke up in the field after the massacre. He found a baby and like carried her with him and took care of her. And raised him, and it turned out to be his wife, who's like a reporter. She tells him and supports him to be hooded justice, and says, "You got to keep doing this, but you have to pretend to be white, and because people, if they figure out like a, it's a black guy running around beating yeah. up people, like that's not good." Mm-hmm. So they paint his face like like a little line around his mask. They paint him in in white. The way that face. Sister Knight does the yeah, black, like she does, which is spray. really cool. Oh, look at that! Yeah, Making connections. Yeah. Um. So she sprays like black spray paint around her face before she puts on her mask. He would paint his white so that like when he was in his mask, you would think he's yeah. white. 
Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, there's a whole thing. Wow. He gets recruited into the Minutemen by uh, what's his name? Not Night Owl, but Captain uh, whatever. I forget the guy's name. Captain Metropolis or something Captain like that. Captain way too good of hair. Yeah. I don't trust him because his hair is too good. Yeah. <laughs> and what I like about it is they don't ever <laughs> jettison the 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 established mythos that like Hooded Justice and Captain Metropolis were lovers. They keep all that. And yeah. So like, yeah, there's a scene with them when they first meet and they end up in bed together. Mm-hmm. And like he kind of joins the Minutemen and he has to pretend to still be white like while he's in the Minutemen the whole time. Because the Minutemen, while they are heroes, Captain Metropolis basically tells him like, oh, some of them are really racist. So probably you shouldn't say anything. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's about him trying to fit in and accomplish this mission, which is always to stop the Ku Klux Klan or Cyclops organization from, you know, take running his town. Yeah. And they, they basically don't ever help him. And they just, yeah, they, they're like, we so don't, we don't Captain do Metropolis that. Is like, it's not a Minutemen problem. Yeah. You know? You're just going to do that on your own. Yeah. And then he so, does by golly. Yeah. He, he in takes the, care the episode, of business. He like kind of snaps and it's awesome. He sees the black or the white, kind of gangster who who uh, you know he tried to arrest yeah. him, almost got him lynched, and he just blows that guy's face off <laughs> goes into his factory kills every single one of his men and just like burns it down burns it down but he takes something very yeah. important and this is where it gets really watchmany because love it what the clan has been working on is subliminal messaging through film projections that they show in black theaters and uh he caught basically wind mind control it's mind control so they make them riot and kind of kill each other to create the impression that blacks are like violent and savages and they can't, you know, if yeah. you put them all together, there's going to be disaster and to further these kind of like alt-right agenda. Well, that wasn't the alt-right. These clan agendas yeah. for in narratives. Um, and so he kind of just dismantles that, but he takes one of the projectors, projection systems. Projector Projectors. Things. Things. Yeah. Yes. But like That's and the these special one. like diamond looking cube thingies yeah. i don't know just it's brilliant it's yeah it's and then we come YouTube. to find out that as the older version of himself who hung the captain the captain yeah uh he used that to make him do it to himself yeah just insane Which is the mystery of the pilot what, uh, what happened to john don, don johnson's character that he that yeah you know regina wow. King and the old Brain man explosion. keeps saying he's sitting under the tree and she keeps saying, I'm the guy who hung up your captain. And the second episode her, is her taking him and like interrogating him in like a private She's like, place. You can't. You can't. You're an old man in a wheelchair. Yeah. And that's when he kind of establishes that he's her grandfather and that through the memories he gives her the pills that she swallowed. Now she knows the truth that, you know, he was the real story of Hooded Justice, the real story about what happened to the police captain. There's still blanks about why he did that. We don't know quite yet. But uh, yeah, this was probably the best episode to me of taking about why this show should exist about how it takes the watchman mythos and really kind of is turning it inside out and playing with it yeah. mm-hmm. like something as drastic as changing the entire race and reveal of hooded justice and doing that but yeah. it works so well and it doesn't take away from the story alan moore did in fact it makes it better yeah it makes the Minutemen more interesting and that whole thing the there's even a scene incredible. where they create the photo the iconic photo well that's the thing i'm, I'm like, actually very surprised that they dove that far into oh yeah and everything like oh yeah that's amazing that's really good yeah and it, wow. and it kind of like does a human like like we find out like the comedian's not a great guy silk specter one was a very complicated person yeah you find out captain metropolis isn't like the shining beacon of greatness mm-hmm. yeah. he's actually kind of a douche who uses this you know black guy he kind of manipulates him like socially and sexually and kind of gets him on his side, but then always quick to turn around and be like, oh, we're not going to handle this. And like, nope, sorry, you have to handle that on your own. Yeah. And he's kind of like a dick. And 
it's really good to kind of flesh out this mythology. And yeah, man, I am really kind of on board after, especially these last three episodes. But for the for the entire episode, I was like, but what about Glass? Like I was so, the way that they left us with his story. There, he went into his home. And people are coming in to kill him. Yeah. And then, and this entire episode, I'm just waiting. Like, do I, did he die? Is he alive? <laughs> no, they keep you waiting. This was entire. It's all I can think about. And the way they do a flashback episode and create the kind of imagery for nostalgia and how it works. Because it's like, sometimes it's it's the guy who's playing Hooded Justice, the younger version. Sometimes it's Angela. And like. It's in black and white. Family. It's but all then black certain and white. things are in color. Yeah, certain things are in color. Like, it's yeah. really. Watchmen is one of the just like it's best. Great shows I've seen ever constructed visually and just the way it's created the music. And the amount of information yeah. that they put in there seamlessly. It's so good. Yeah. It's and, so good. Yeah. Definitely deserves season two. Like bring the show back. Like Damon Lindelof, Lindelof did a really good job with this. And if you're a Watchmen fan and you haven't like tuned into this yet because it's been kind of muddled in the hype machine, like mm-hmm. definitely jump in now because it is very entertaining. All right. So that's Watchmen. We're going to move right along. Charlie Ridgely, you're up. We yeah. are going to talk about Knives Out, the uh, new whodunit by Ryan Johnson. So, let's see. What to say about Knives Out? Um, really high rating. This, what's that? Rotten Tomatoes loves it. Yeah, I don't care about them. I know, uh, but it's just crazy. It's landing. getting more, more so much. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's getting really good COVID, reviews. I mean, I, People COVID, love you, it. You liked it also. Um, yeah, right? I would give it about 3.5 out of 5. I haven't like seen it. Like a solid 3.5. Yeah, uh, I think it's... <laughs> Mm-hmm. I think it's a very I think it's a B movie. Um I'll say that right off the bat. Like in B movie doesn't mean bad. It doesn't stand for bad. It just means it's like it's a genre film. It's not high cinema. It, it it's a throwback to mystery films and who done it. But of course Ryan Johnson just like he did with Star Wars, he comes in and kind of plays with the formula and changes it up and makes it very Ryan Johnsony. Okay. I think that this will be less divisive than the last Jedi cuz it's not Star Wars. But I still think there's going to be a lot of people who either really respond to what he's trying to do or don't or just don't. Mm. Like, and I don't think it's going to be a lot of middle ground okay? because it is a very kind of I'm not going to do any spoilers for this because it's still coming. It'll be in theaters, just hitting theaters by the time right. you hear this. It, it's not a traditional whodunit at all. Like it, it starts out feeling that way. Like it's great. The whole opening sequence. Oh, yes. you were, We were together seeing this because they did the whole the frame thing where they were cutting off the top of their heads yeah, during yeah, yeah, the yeah, early yeah. interview the, the, scenes. The theater had an issue with the with the framing, and it was really yeah. Cool and it. so, like the whole first act of the movie is just Daniel or uh, Lakeith Stanfield is a cop, and he's interviewing all of this really wealthy family while Daniel Craig's car- investigator character is like sitting in the background, just like behind this piano ominously. And, he, and Daniel Craig is great and is playing this very like Foghorn Leghorn Southern <laughs> pro, like private. I, I want to hear that accent. Like yeah, he's really funny. Um, yeah, so they cut off all like it's all inter- just interview scenes with the cast who is very talented. You're talking about Jamie Lee Curtis, like Michael Shannon, um, Tony Collette, Tony Collette, yeah. Don Johnson, Chris Evans, and my girl who I'm happy she finally got a big breakout because she's deserved one for a long time. Anna De Armas, mm-hmm. um, who's been great in a lot of things but never quite made it she was in blade runner she was like uh rag Gosling's female she's never had that project yeah that never project and she gets to kind of play the lead in this this movie is kind of an undercover delivery system like for current social commentary it come it it deals with a lot of things about like the wealthy elite and that class and and how they present themselves versus how they really are and like when you kind of mess with the wealthy elite and specifically like their money and things like that inheritance Mm. like the real face of it kind of comes out there's things in this movie about, like, like I said, about wealth inequality, immigration, 
like Whoa. all these social issues that like are not too heavy, but there are definite moments where you just like message. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and handled well and with kind of a sly wit that Ryan Johnson has, but it is a movie that is using the framework of this mystery whodunit to kind of say something larger about society today. And it's interesting the way they approach it because most movies like make you trying to just throw red herrings or guess this or guess that. This movie manages to take that whole pressure of building up to a big reveal off the table fairly early, but still manages to throw some twists in there. Okay. Yeah. It, it really, it really upends um, the whole whodunit idea. Like it, I don't think it's a spoiler to say it reveals its hand very early on. Yeah. It does not take long and you kind of get a, a grip on what's going it's on. It's almost jarring that it happens. Yeah. That like, like you, you see, you know, you see something happen and you say, wait, that I, it's something you feel like you shouldn't see until later on in the movie. And it, it tells you up front what this is. So it's much more straightforward, but there are still so many little mysteries surrounding the characters themselves and the situation of the family and you know, how Anna de Armas's character fits into it. Um, yeah, she plays it, the it's nurse. a really, really fun, a really, really fun, you know, exploration of that old genre because we, we we don't really get murder mysteries like this anymore no. i mean um they remade uh murder on the orient express a couple mm-hmm. years ago um and that, that was pretty fun it was this you know it was an agatha christie framework it was exciting um but really well, that, i mean this kind of this classic child bad, like murder maybe. used to be fun charlie <laughs> now it's not <laughs> like, so much fun you don't now get we movies, have serial killers you don't get movies like things. clue anymore yeah no um and and this was very much like this is like clue it has a lot of the humor uh, like Clue does, um, but it, it really it really builds to different things than you're expecting. And by throwing your expectations so early, I think it really gives you a fresh perspective going in because you're not trying to figure out the entire time who did a certain thing. You're like, oh, okay, well, I don't know what's going to happen now because I thought I had it figured out. And now within 20 minutes, everything I thought is already revealed. So what now? And, and the way it plays out is really, really fun uh-huh. to follow. And uh, a lot of the cool. characters are really really exciting to be around. Um, Chris Evans does a really great job. Oh, yeah. Um, Andy Armas is, is obviously the breakout star. And and Daniel Craig is so great as Benoit Blanc. It's just a very cartoony, old school murder mystery detective. Nice. He's, he is a cartoon brought to life and he's very, very funny. Yeah. I love just his introduction is him sitting by the piano while Lakeith Stanfield's doing the interviews and like as a normal cop. Mm. And then whenever somebody says something like that sounds suspicious, he hits like a key. Yeah. I want to go back and watch <laughs> it again oh, and hear like when this. he is like, that's his whole thing is he's, he just hits a couple keys, like maybe three times like, throughout bumble, like the, you know, a 15 minute period when you're watching this movie, that, that's all he does. Yeah, he just and I really want to go shots. back now having watched the whole movie. I want to go back and see when he hits the keys and like, cause it, it plays with like the unreliable narr- uh, um, narrator thing for a while, because right before you kind of get the full picture, you get little glimpses from each, uh, from each family member of the family. Yeah. And so when they're kind of telling their story, it's really unreliable as to what's real and what's not. Mm. And that's kind of when he has his introduction when he's playing with the keyboard. And I yeah, really want to I believe, I, if I remember the more. structure right, like they're saying one thing, but then you're seeing pictures of like what actually right. happened. I feel like the trailer does a good job of kind of explaining the story too because I watched it right before I came yeah. here. And it's it, it makes sense. Everything you're saying, I feel like I kind of got that from the trailer. So if I guess if anyone is interested, check out the trailer. It made me want to watch it. The, the one thing I will say, the second trailer – 
maybe in the first trailer too, but the second trailer, there's a specific thing. And I remember Ryan Johnson tweeting about how there was kind of a spoiler in the trailer. And there are a couple, they, they don't really, they don't give it away until you know what's going on, but there is a specific scene in, in the second trailer, especially that alerted me to something in the movie. Mm. Uh, I, I don't, you know, I don't want to get into spoilers, but there's one thing that I remembered clearly from the trailer that as soon as that thing was mentioned in the movie, I thought, Oh wait, that, and I kind of like stuck on that the rest of it. And I was a little bit frustrated by how kind of they, they cut the, the trailer around that. That's um, why I don't watch trailers anymore. Yeah. Oh, if you're no. excited about, about if you want a mystery, if you like any of the people in this movie, if you like Ryan Johnson, you know, don't watch any more trailers yeah. because it, it is okay. a really, really fun pro experience. Tip. Pro tip. Start watching TV spots. Don't watch trailers. Yes. Okay. And, and TV spots never spoil anything. Really. And, and like yeah. hope we started at the beginning, like that's good. This is very much a Ryan Johnson movie, and and what I've really come to love about Ryan Johnson, even though I have my own issues with the Last Jedi, it's not my favorite Star Wars movie. He does a really really good job of taking an existing, a very specific genre, very specific kind of movie, and making it just a little quirkier and a little bit different, putting his own kind of flair on it. You know, like Looper, we've seen all kinds of like time travel action thrillers before but mm-hmm. he kind of t- took it and skewed it just a little bit you know um brick his very yeah. first movie is, is very much the same way it's a murder mystery it's much darker you know it, it's a noir film but he's like what if i took a noir film but i said it in a high school yeah and, like and, and david it's, wow. milch it's such a little like, with yeah. like little differences baby. you know the last jedi liked it or not it is a a through and through a Star Wars movie, but it has a couple of little quirks that change the framework of what a Star Wars, Star Wars movie is Kylo. and wow. makes it his own. And so <laughs> I really like his method of doing that because it, it opens him up to a very wide range of, of genres. You know, he, he, he dips his toe into a lot of different things and still manages to kind of put his voice into all of them. Um, and it, it makes it really, really fun. Um, I still, I still think Looper is my favorite of his, of his movies. Uh, Brick. Um, Brick. But yeah, a lot of you are really big Brick fans. I like Brick a lot. Um, but uh, Knives Out is pretty close to the top of that list. I, I, I really I really had a lot of fun watching. I can't wait to see it again. Cool. All right. So that'll do it for uh, Knives Out. Thank you, Charlie. Uh, you can read Charlie's full review on comicbook.com. That'll take it before Turkey Day and we break for the holidays. Matt, what's good to read in comics right now? What's what, good to what's read gonna to get avoid the family? Away from conversations <laughs> with the family. Uh, if you need that they won't let me play video yeah. games. Take a glass of wine <laughs> and take a comic book. Like, I'm reading for work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, okay. So, we got we got actually a lot. It's actually a great week. Uh, typically, holiday weeks aren't the biggest because they put on annuals and stuff. But this week's actually pretty packed. So, uh, starting out with Batman Beyond, number uh, 38. Uh, I remember last time we talked, it was Batwoman was kind of introduced. And this issue, you really get to see like what she's capable of. And it really dives into that. Why, you know, there's, there's a mystery kind of staying with that theme of who this is. We don't really know who it is yet. Uh, we don't know why they stole the suit. So there's a lot of stuff happening there. So I would definitely check that out. Uh, Freedom Fighters number 11. Uh, this is a series that, um, Freedom Fighters as a concept is essentially like Uncle Sam is like a real, he's like a being. And like when America is like believing in itself and strong, he's like crazy powerful when it's not. He's a weakling. And so this concept has always been a little – it can be very corny very quickly. Uh, this has been probably the best execution of it in a while. Uh, I've actually gotten to this, and it's essentially like the Third Reich took over the world. And so America is kind of trying to fight back in this little resistance, wow. and they find Uncle Sam and this whole little thing. So uh, that was – if you're looking for something kind of different, yeah. that would be something I'd check out. Uh, also, John Constantine, Hellblazer number one, uh, fans of the – 
uh, supernatural detective, general jerk, <laughs> general lovable magician guy. Uh, this is very much like this is Hellblazer. It's describe my Tinder profile. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is through and through Hellblazer. So if you like that character and you like that kind of dark world, uh, definitely check this out. Uh, Tales from the Dark Multiverse is another one in those kind of what if stories about popular DC events. This one takes on Infinite Crisis. So uh, for and especially if you are a Blue Beetle fan, if you know Blue Beetle in that story very much got his head blown off and that was kind of what sparked that whole event. Uh, this takes that and flips it and kind of asks what would happen if he was still alive and if that hadn't happened. So it's actually really good. I've been really liking these. I mean, they're essentially DC what ifs, but I like them and they're just in a round event. So uh, very good. Uh, the Flash number 83, we had talked about uh, last a couple of weeks ago, we talked about where Captain Cold had taken over Central City. And so Flash, they kind of revealed that he's still alive, but he can't use the speed force. And this whole thing dives further into that. This has been really fun. I, I tend to like these kind of you see the hero in an unfamiliar circumstance and they can't use their powers and things like that. So this has been fun. Uh, Avengers number 27. Uh, I just have to mention this because this has Ed McGinnis art. And Ed McGinnis art, when it's done well and he has time, is just gorgeous. And there's so much in this book. It's so pretty. <laughs> it's so pretty. Like, the story's good, like too. this because everybody in Ed McGinnis art looks like a pop figure. Yes. <laughs> That's yes. I dig it. Very much so. Uh, and I, and oh, I love it. Uh, Black Panther number 18 is also out. This is uh, kind of uh, the kind of end of a chapter uh, where there was essentially there's two Wakandas. One is – uh, in space. Whoa. And another what? one is on Earth, which My is head's kind exploding. of prime. <laughs> and so, uh, this is a lot of topical stuff as well of like, because Black Panther was like, had his mind wiped and was made, went from royalty to being a slave. And then that rebellion is what saved him and restored him. And so now it's like, now we're getting to the point where it's is this essentially. Tahanisi Coast? Yeah. This oh. is still that. Like, this story is still going on. And we're getting to the point now where it's kind of like, the third act, essentially, we're going to see like Wakanda Prime versus the new settlement and like you're gathering all the allies type of thing. Wow. So this is where we're kind of getting into that story. Uh, Fallen Angels number two. There's a lot of X-Men stuff this week. Uh, Dawn of X alone has Fallen Angels number two, New Mutants number two and X-Force number two all this week. So uh, if you're an X-Men fan, I actually liked all of them for different reasons. Um, they were all kind of different than what I expected. I will say New Mutants is probably the one that like kept its vibe from the last issue. Most X-Force was much different than what I expected. Uh, really? Fallen Angels, yeah. Uh, just not like, it wasn't as dark. This one's more fun. And there's one person that is responsible for most of that fun, which I won't really get into spoilers. I know we can talk about it yeah, later. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Um, and then Valkyrie number five. Uh, this is actually ends a really good story, but I'm just mentioning this because Cardiac is coming and a couple issues to Valkyrie. <laughs> <laughs> and this starts the countdown the cardiac holly season i'm happy for you oh uh, so excited uh and then venom number 20 is kind of a epilogue uh to absolute carnage Ooh, does he talk to dylan this is actually this is all from the point of view of the maker and here's the thing cut marvel here's the thing Ugh. here's the thing though this teases a lot and it's actually kind of interesting to see this story played out it it i i liked it i thought it was pretty i feel like good. it's a bait and switch i feel like comics are getting bad about bait and switch 
I have been a, reading do you this, ever I went not back and read like, like all of things? <laughs> oh yeah, because there are so many books that are not in this list. Okay, <laughs> I do read you, like you, forty you ever, books like, this week. Have and to like I only rag on them. Do you ever have to like write anything? Oh yeah, or, like um, no, he'll rag on something. Yeah, he's ragged on things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's I just tend to like to focus on. There's so many positive things and so many great comics yeah. every week. It's like why give time to the crap ones. Uh, so Angel number seven is also this week. Uh, this is for Angel fans. Uh, I don't know if you were a big Buffy. And Angel I w- fan. Yeah, I like uh, Buffy. Lauren, this is Lauren's first <laughs> appearance and I've been wow. looking forward to this so much. Uh, oh. So now all we need is Wesley and I'll be on okay. game. Uh, also a twofer, uh, Power Rangers number 45. Uh, this is actually has a lot of like Spoilery stuff. So I'm not going to get into stuff, but there is some uh, some big revelations going forward. Also, uh, you can catch on comicbook.com our advanced review of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one, which is just like two of my favorite fandoms coming together, and it's awesome. It's wow. so great. So that's, that's really comic. Cool. All right, thank you, Matt. That'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. If you are just now tuning into the show and getting on board, we put up new episodes every Wednesday, every Friday. Be sure to check both of them out every week, and you can subscribe to an RSS feed in any one of our podcast articles to kind of get regular updates about the show. Or if you prefer, you can subscribe on your favorite listening platform. We are on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Google Playlist. You can tell your Amazon Alexa device to fire up Comic Book Nation podcast. Good call if you're going to be out there on Black Friday scooping up those Echo Dots and whatnot. (laughs) Or you can always uh, go to the YouTube page for comicbook.com and find uh, episodes there as well. If you want to continue the discussion about anything we talked about, ask us any questions or just say what's up, you can hit us up at the hashtag comicbooknation or you can find me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at Matt Aguilar CB. And you can find me at Janelle Wheeler on all socials, including Twitch. And Charlie Ridgely is over there. Oh, yeah, at Charlie Ridgely. There you go, at Charlie Ridgely. There you go. That'll do it for this episode. If you guys also want to take the holiday and give us a five-star review, I think tomorrow we're going to go through some reviews. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm never here for I review day. non-defined span of time when we record our next episode. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm never here for review day. Days, you're going to be here when we do Oh, this. really? Do we ever do, yeah, like, the, do we do the negative ones? Do we ever, oh, like... Kofi does. I yell at the <laughs> negative ones, yes. See, <laughs> I just want to read them like they do on the late night show. All right, all right. Well, it's the holiday season. Janelle, we'll wait till you get back, so... Not tomorrow or undefined span of time, record, <laughs> but rather next week in that undefined uh, window of time when Janelle's here, we will uh, we'll, we'll save it. We'll do reviews when you're here so you cool. can get in on that experience. Giveaway shirts. Yeah, like giveaway shirts. All right. So that'll do it. We hope everybody has a good Thanksgiving holiday or just enjoys whatever you're doing while this holiday is taking place. That'll do it for Comic Book Nation. We're out of here. This- Peace.